The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Messages of Hope. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Messages of Hope. I'm so excited about today's program. My guest is a dear friend with a background that you will love. She is a soul midwife. If you're saying, what the heck is that? You have tuned into the right program. Wendy Carty is my guest. And before I bring her in, let me introduce you to her. She has been a yoga practitioner and Thai yoga massage therapist for over 15 years. And she co-facilitates the Mindfulness and Conscious Living Body Mind Awareness Training Program with her wonderful husband, Dr. Bill Cook, in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. Those of you who follow me on Facebook know that I just spent a weekend with Wendy and Bill last week in frigid Canada. And beyond her other wonderful attributes, Wendy is an incredible snowplow driver. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, you're already on the air, but uh, let me just finish talking about her here. Wendy completed the mindfulness-based stress reduction in mind-body medicine residential training offered by the Center for Mindfulness at the University of Massachusetts Medical School several years ago and her yoga teacher training at a yoga institute, the Yoga Institute in Houston, Texas. Besides her yoga training, though, her core interest is in hospice and to deepen her capacity to care for others in their living and dying. She's done extensive training in contemplative palliative care and hospice. And get this, Wendy is now one of Canada's few certified soul midwives, having completed this training in the United Kingdom with teacher Felicity Warner. To support her soul midwifery service, Wendy's done extensive training in the field of evidential psychic mediumship. Her biography says, with renowned teachers, Suzanne Giesman and Mavis Patilla. I read that a few minutes ago and I went, oh, that's me. <laughs> and uh, Mavis, I just finished writing Mavis's book. So we have this big web of connections already. So Wendy has a long-standing interest in lifestyle medicine and incorporates its fundamentals in all her undertakings. Wendy, I'm so happy to get to chat with you and share you with everybody today. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Wendy. I don't want to ask you what the temperature is there today. No, but... you don't want to know. <laughs> okay. Did you drive your tractor recently? 
Uh, yes, we had about 70 centimeters of snow yesterday, so I've been on the tractor for two days. Oh, but it, but everybody, don't worry about Wendy because it's enclosed, it's heated, it has oh, yeah. music, and uh-huh. she gets out there. And what I love is she goes around and she plows all the neighbors' <clears throat> driveways as well. Now, you were worried about coughing, Wendy, and here I am coughing on an almond. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so we might be coughing today, but Wendy is here to share her special gifts with everybody. Wendy is the most beautiful soul we met when you came to my mediumship class and then one of my workshops at the Omega Institute. And you persuaded me to come to Fredericton not just once to teach my class, but in the middle of winter. So, guys, you can tell there's something special about Wendy. She is a manifester. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been doing all the talking, Wendy. Why don't you tell everybody who's listening, what is a soul midwife? Well, like a midwife who delivers babies, I work with people who are palliative and on their way into the next world or the next realm. So basically we're a non-denominational multi-faith or practitioner who guides and support those who are dying. And why is this such a new thing? Why are we here in, in 2019 and most people have never even heard of soul midwives? I think mostly they were in the UK. I think it's something that's been going on for a long time there. And here we're just, we've been so afraid of death and the dying process that it never really got picked up. Where do you think that fear comes from? The fear of death. Definitely the fear of death and the unknown. That's I it. Think the, old world kept all those rituals and uh and we just let them go so rituals rituals that's is that one of your most important things that you do um more it's to accompany the the person who's dying um i like to say that i work with them and the family not just them but just to make them more comfortable, to help them to ease into the process of dying and not being in shock. Um, so this is mostly verbal, just communication then? It's not hands-on midwifery like delivering a baby, right? Well, it's a little of all of that. I do a lot of sitting. I do a lot of talking. I work with the family. I help with a death plan, which a lot of people don't have. What would you really like to have? What would you really like to do? What are you worried about? Things like that. I love that. We can dive into that later. You told me when we were talking that one of the things that bothers you about death and dying is that we've left behind those rituals. That's why I focused in on that word. I remember talking about this. What kind of rituals did people used to have? Well, if you think about the indigenous cultures, they do all kinds of really neat things. But for us these days, we're so afraid of all that, we just scoop them up and take them to the, to the funeral home and we're, we're done. I mean, I remember as a kid, there, there would be a wreath on the door where people had their loved ones in their parlor and people went to the house and, and, uh, and saw them. We don't do any of that anymore. We hardly even have funerals. I mean, it's, I read obituaries all the time where uh, there'll be no funeral or visitation, and that's it. They're done. 
you know, it, reading about that, you, you say that closure is very important with rituals. We talk about that. And yeah. I, if I got to share with you, Wendy, that when my dad passed, they were new to the area and didn't have any friends. It was just our immediate family. And he had donated his body to science. They had to whisk his body off right away, which was lovely mm-hmm. that he would be used that way. But we kids said, we need some closure. And do you know what our ritual was? What we was we had the, the, the rest of the family just sat at the dinner table and we, we prepared dad's favorite dinner, which was sausage and corn fritters. And all of us drank Yingling beer, which was his favorite drink. And it was a happy celebration that dad would love this meal. And just knowing what I know as a medium, I knew that dad's soul was sitting right there with us, enjoying the meal with us. So even a simple ritual like that was helpful to us. Well, we need something. I believe we need something, not just nothing. Now, didn't you say something funny to to your husband, Bill, about what you wanted when you passed? <laughs> yeah, after I finished my training, I um, <laughs> I told him that uh, I came home and I said, you know, I want to do like they did in the old days. I want you to keep me here in the house for three days and and just, you know, let me lay here for three days. And he said, and what am I supposed to do when you do that? <laughs> I said, You're supposed to look at me lovingly, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I can just see Bill. Bill's a medical doctor, and uh, he's he's a great guy. You guys are a wonderful couple, but that yeah, that must have shocked him a little bit. But you know, at least you let him know what you truly desired. Yeah, I'd like to have a fun roll. A fun roll. Some kind of exciting thing to celebrate my life, not something really drab and awful. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Well, how about you'd share a story with us about the importance of your work? Why don't you start with uh, like your own family, your dad's passing? Did you do anything in that regard? We did. We we actually had um, a visitation. We had a couple visitations, which I found were really uh, amazing. Um, although we were, you know, everybody's really sad, and we didn't. You don't want to go there and hear. I thought, all those stories, but the stories were the most healing of all. People came from everywhere, and they told us stories about our dad that we didn't know, and I thought, wow, I'm glad we really did that, you know, because, again, a lot of families don't do that anymore. So visitation, that's way different than just uh, the funeral itself, huh? Yeah. How about as your dad was was nearing death was that any different for you than other people you've helped yeah that was probably what really pushed me into really um doing my soul midwife work you know you get nudged and you get nudged and you get nudged but then you "Mm, i don't know as my dad was dying we kept him at home and um my family uh just we took turns taking care of him which i thought was really awesome because he really didn't want to leave his home he built it you know he lived there for all of his life and we um i had just learned to do a little reiki training like it was the speed learn of reiki training (laughs) and um i started to work on my dad a little bit and and found it quite interesting and then i saw him i guess watching the angel show that everybody talks about 
he was looking up in the air, looking up in the air, and I kept asking him, hmm, so what are you looking at? And he kept saying, well, oh, well, he didn't really want to say. And then all of a sudden he said, well, my dad's up there. Oh. I was like, oh. And then he said, well, my mom's up there. Oh, that's so cool. I was like, oh. And then we really started to talk about it. In my family, um, my parents went to different churches, so religion was one of those things that we really, you didn't talk about at my house. Same here, yeah. Yeah, you just really didn't talk about it unless you wanted to get into a heated kind of conversation. So at that time, Dad and I really started to talk about heaven and all the things that he thought about. And, you know, they used to talk about heaven and hell. Well, I said, Dad, I, I, I really don't think there's a hell. And we really explored all those things that we thought. And at that time, he said, you know, I don't think there's a hell either. I, I really think there isn't. And at this time, no. With the experiences that he was having, he decided there was no hell. That may have had to have made a difference in his final days. Yeah, it made a difference in 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 the way we related to. It was such a wonderful experience. I remember I left just before he passed, and I didn't feel bad about it. I felt like the people that were there were the ones that needed to be there, my brother and my mom. But I went home and got the call and turned around and came right back. We hardly had our coats off. But I just felt so peaceful about his passing. Even my mother had said, you know, through that time, you know, he went through the, you know, you go through the transition period, and it's really a labor, like birthing. You're birthing into that other place. And I really felt like he changed. There was a happiness about him. He had a really peaceful, beautiful death. That's that's awesome. You know, you you raised a point there, though, that I want to make for all of you listening, and that is I, I, in my readings, encounter so many of my sitters, the clients, who are just so upset because they didn't get to say goodbye to their loved ones. And here's Wendy wasn't there at the moment of his dad's passing. And that's really important to some of us. But let me tell you, it it's not so important to the ones who cross the veil because they're still aware, they still see you, and you're not really saying goodbye, ultimately. This is the thing, the point of this show every week that I hope to make to all of you that death is just a transition and for those of you who just joined us a little late my guest today is Wendy Cardi and she is a soul midwife she helps people with the transition process Wendy I loved that you likened death to the labor that a woman goes through in birth you want to expand on that a little more and is that important to go through that labor I believe so. I think that like like the woman who is about to have a baby, we go through nine months of, um, you know, being prepared, getting prepared, getting the room ready, painting the room, having a shower, getting all the stuff. And I think in death, there's the same thing. We go through a transition period where we, um, gee, we're just, it's a process. It's a real process. And of course, we're, of course, many of you listening have had loved ones who passed suddenly under unexpected 
or tragic circumstances and don't feel that the soul missed out on anything because each person's passing is perfect for that soul. But with a soul midwife, we're talking about people who know that their transition is approaching. So go ahead, Wendy. I think uh, it's important for us to um, go through that process. I think that helps. I've had people ask me, oh, well, is it going to hurt? Well, no, our body knows what to do. Our body withdraws slowly. It's just like the, the baby getting ready to come. The, the, there, there's a process, and I think there's a process to the body slowly leaving this, this the soul slowly leaving the body. Um, I just believe that that's part of it. I really believe that that's part of it. That's beautiful. I know that many of you listening, just like in, uh, personally here and with Wendy, with, I watched my mom and dad as their souls prepared to depart the body. And it's not easy for us to watch. Yet, if you go on YouTube and search my name and, and uh, look for my videos, you'll find one there about a wonderful story from a man who was unconscious getting ready to transition yet I was talking to his soul and he said very clearly with lots of evidence that I was really connecting with his soul hey I may look like my body's suffering but I'm fine and he was cracking jokes so if we could keep that in mind and not let physical appearances distress us it would be much easier for all of us which brings me to another question then Wendy, it appears to me that a soul midwife can have a big role to play for the family as well as the one who's transitioning. Absolutely. Uh, Sometimes the family really can't talk to that person or that person can't talk to the family. I find that if maybe we can talk about the things they need to talk about or work through some of the plan or the process or even making funeral arrangements or what are the things that they're worried about, um, Sometimes I find that I'm not actually there for the person who's passing, but maybe there for the family to help them through the process. Well, this brings to mind a story we discussed when you and I were chatting around your cozy dinner table and it was freezing outside. (laughs) Would you share with everybody listening that story about the woman whose sisters came and there were certain things they had never said? Uh, Well, the the lady, when I... You can change names if you need to. We, um, she wasn't really speaking to her family. And so I really didn't know what to do with that. It was that either she was going to be here alone in the hospital dying or, you know, she needed her family. She She needed closure. Her family needed closure. So I called them. They both flew in. And they actually got to spend the last 10 days with her. Now... Now, they hadn't they been kept, speaking until then, right? So did they react yeah. like, like, who are you? Uh, no, they knew who I was because I had met them before. But um, it was just very interesting. So they came, and I just kind of backed away a bit. I still visited, but I knew that it needed to be family time for them. They needed to repair some of the stuff that was going on in the family, which in the last 10 days they did. They had 10 days with her before she died. And how did that go when they hadn't been speaking for a long time? Do you, well, let me double question here. Do you feel that that when we suddenly realize this is the last, these are the last few days we're going to spend with someone, we suddenly realize it's time to talk? Yeah, it was time to talk. And they did talk. And it was really nice to hear them saying, I love you again. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. I love you. Things they needed to say. That is huge. It's it's the biggest thing that comes through in my readings is that love connection. And I, I have a symbol that those in the spirit world show me. They hold the hands up to the eyes and open the hands wide. And that means my eyes have been opened on the other side. And I see what's important. And it's saying I love you in most cases. And they yeah. show me they weren't able to say it when they were here. So So all of you listening... You know, pretend like we're dying every day and say what needs to be said now. I, I tell people so you don't have to find a medium when you get to the other side and say those things after the fact. And for them, really, it's the difference between having um, uh, a painful death and and dying peacefully. You talk about suffering in silence is mostly the emotional suffering you're talking about, right? It is emotional suffering, yes. Yes. Sometimes they just have things that they haven't done or they needed to do. And that holds us back. I believe sometimes that holds us back from crossing over because we haven't we haven't finished business that we needed to do. Boy, I just love this. Everybody, this is Wendy Carty, a soul midwife. Can't you just tell from her energy what a beautiful soul she is? You you have you you've been guided to this work. I can tell you have. Do do you feel that way? Was there something, maybe even a past life or this life that just made this the perfect work for you? Uh, I think I was groomed is the word. Um, uh, I saw well in the in the early days when I guess children weren't to go to the funeral home or weren't to do that or keep the kids away because we don't want them to know what's going on here, I remember my dad sitting or, or helping me step up to a little stool beside a casket, and I really don't remember who was in the casket. And how but, old would you have been? Oh, I have no idea. I know that he put the little stool there so I could get up on it. Mm-hmm. And he... he asked me to reach in and touch the body. So I reached in and touched the body. He wanted me to know that and see that that person wasn't there anymore. Wow. Like, this person is not here anymore, and you need to understand that they've gone. They've gone from this body, and this is just their vessel. But did he have? Did he show you that perhaps they still existed and they went somewhere else? I don't remember that conversation. I only remember that there wasn't anything to be scared of right there. Mm-hmm. Nothing to worry about. Just that this person was gone from here. I don't remember the, really the rest of the explanation, but as I grew up, I, I was sitting in palliative care when I was 16, and I didn't know it was something that I should be scared of. And how about for those that aren't familiar with the term palliative care, what were you doing for whom? I was sitting with my aunt who was passing, uh, and I just sat there with her, mostly family. Her her husband was working, and and uh, I think he was a little bit uncomfortable about being in that place. But so I just I sat with her. I didn't know it was something I should be scared of. <laughs> huh. And then I uh, didn't you share with me a story of another family member? Oh yes, if you don't mind, was it a nephew or a cousin? And nobody wanted to go there, but you did. Uh, maybe, yeah, uh, and let me see, a cousin passed away, um, but again, like, I didn't find it uncomfortable, 
I just never found it uncomfortable. I always thought that, okay, yeah. this person that needs some help and I need to work with them a little bit or I need to sit here with them or even just to love them and make them comfortable. Yeah. Boy, if everybody had that attitude, it would be wonderful. Yeah, super. So you talk about you've you've had training now in this to be a soul midwife, and there are actually there's credentialing for that. What is involved in the training? Well, first I started just doing palliative care training. So um, I did um, a program with Joan Halifax, being with dying, and then I did. Um, um, well, let's uh, stop. Let's pro- just take this uh, step by step because there might be some people that are really interested in this. So, the palliative care training would that be, for example, for hospice workers or it was for nurses or practitioners or anybody who was working with the dying. So, I I did that. Then I started to do a few other palliative care programs just with out of interest. I I was again interested because I'd seen how my father went through that and then I went on to do uh, a contemplative palliative care program with uh, New York Zen Center um, I went on to do a few things Wait, hang on a second because that, that interests me contemplative palliative care what was the difference in that one with the prior training you'd had they were pre- they were similar very similar uh, and then I just moved on to every time I saw a palliative care training I went and did it I was like was oh it- that looks was, interesting. Is it mostly the kinds of things to talk about? The kinds of things to talk about. What would you want if you were dying? Um, and even a meditation to experience your own death. Oh, wow. How did yeah. that go for you? Uh, it's very interesting. And then the kinds of questions that, <laughs> you know. You're going to leave it at that? I'm going to leave it at that. Very okay. interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Darn. It's where they it's where they pick you up and they chew you up and they spit you out and then they throw you in the ringer and they take you back out and start all over again. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, Who, just the they? kind of questions they ask you and the things that they want oh, you to be able to answer. Oh, you mean your trainers? The trainers, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you had this horrible experience with... <laughs> no, it was like, ooh, yeah, okay then. Yeah, but what if somebody asked you that? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's covering all the bases in case you get Cover in some sticky everything. situations. Hmm. Then I went to, uh, when I read about the soul midwife in the UK, now this woman had been accommodated by the Queen, um, so that's Felicity Warner. Uh, she won some awards in the UK, and when I heard about her, I decided, okay, I'm going right to the source, so I went to, I went to do my training with her. I love it. That's really, you know, trusting the process, putting your money where your mouth is, going across the pond to train. A lot of mediums do that to study at Arthur Finley College, and you did that. So we're coming up on the end of the first segment here. I hope everybody will join us for the second part. We're talking with Wendy Carty about being a soul midwife, about the end transition for all of us with some really great information. So please come back. After the break, we're going to talk about that death plan that Wendy talked about and why that's not a scary thing. See you in a few minutes. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, what a good first half hour we had with Wendy Carty, my dear friend from Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. She is a soul midwife, also a yoga practitioner, meditation teacher, and works with her husband, Dr. Bill Cook, at their Mindfulness Center, the Iris Center in Fredericton. They're all about helping souls, and today Wendy's talking about helping souls make the transition to the next chapter of life. 
Many people call that death, and it sounds scary when you talked in the first half, Wendy, about having a death plan. That just, right away, a bunch of people probably went, ooh, I don't want to go there. What would go in a death plan? Well, uh, even working on what they want, what they haven't done, maybe um, making keepsakes for their family or um, relatives or maybe – I've done some I've done I've had some people read books for their grandchildren on tape. Nice. Just a death plan. Maybe they haven't got their will done yet. Maybe they don't know what to do. Maybe they can't talk to their family about it. Yeah, it's interesting. I just did a reading the other day and I had a, a gentleman come through from the other side and he was he was kind of up there in age and, and uh, let me just say he was over the average age when men pass and yet he showed me that even though he was a very detailed person he had not done all the paperwork for his wife so just that alone is a wonderful part of a death plan but I love that you're putting in more personal things what would be examples of keepsakes well just things that they want to give they may let's let's put little notes on everything that you want to give away you want to give this to so-and-so, you want to give that to so-and-so, maybe stuff that's not in their will. I, I found it really interesting that my grandparents, after they passed, they gave us all back the things that we gave them when we were growing up, which was really oh, cool. That is like cool. Like a cuckoo cool. clock went back to my uncle who gave it to him, or a, a something went I have a little picture that I made that came back to me. I thought that was really neat. And just little things like that. Or saying, hey, is there something that you'd really like of mine? That's cool. You're reminding me of a, a wonderful lady named Marcia where I lived in the villages. And she had cancer, and she knew she was going to pass from it. And she called me one day and said, would you come over here? And she gave me this gorgeous amethyst necklace. And she said, you've been a treasure to me. I want you to have my treasure this necklace and you know it's just it's human nature to feel awkward in that situation like no 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 you can't do that or that's too good or or I don't want to talk about that and I I, I just encourage all of you to realize what a gift that is for the person who's passing to to do that for others and and to for this woman to embrace their passing that's what you help people to do then Wendy yes and the other thing I do is sometimes plan their funeral Ooh. I, I uh, a friend actually was uh, she had no living family members, and uh, I went to the hospital. I knew she wasn't coming out, and I just said to her, "I don't think you're getting out of here." And she said, "Well, I don't think I am either." And mm -hmm. I said, "So let's do the rest of the work and plan your funeral." So we planned her funeral. It was very sweet, and. Just little things about her that she wanted people to know, which I found was great. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Hmm. I love this. I love your energy. Wow. Are there some patients, though, who you can't work with? Yeah, sometimes. I can say yes and no. Um, sometimes people are, I don't know, I guess. They want to just remain a victim, and maybe it's not them I'm called to work with. Maybe sometimes they don't want to work with me because I'm pretty open and frank about the talk that we get into. 
but sometimes I'm just being called to work with maybe one of their family members. Mm. You actually told me that there are some people that you won't work with. Well, if you're, well, depends. <laughs> See, you're such a positive person. You don't want to say anything negative, and I understand that. But let's just, for an, the, the, by talking about it, you'll show people um, a better way to think about this. So, I guess if, if you're just going to be, I know we come into the world undrugged, and, you know, and if people just want to, just morphine, morphine, give me this, give me that. I find that's really hard to work with somebody like that. Um, I think that um, we need to be clear in our dying. And you're not saying they need to be in a lot of pain. No, not in a lot of pain, but I just think we need to be a little more clear in our dying. Um, and, and It's an amazing transition. What did you mean a few minutes ago when you said people get caught up in being victims? Oh, uh, some people it's oh, I'm dying, poor me, poor me. But again, it it's a part of life. We're all going to die, and really now nobody wants to talk about it. I really feel like we need to be clear about the dying process and just really, this is what's happening right now. Let's let's work with what's happening. Let's work towards having, having reclaiming your power and having a peaceful death. Mm. But for some people, that may be the first time they've ever claimed their power. Yeah. Huh. Well, they're about to find out how powerful they are once they cross, aren't they? Once they go, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this intrigues me that I love that we met in my mediumship class, and then you had me bring my mediumship class to Fredericton. You've been through that class three times now because uh-huh. of, you know, hosting it. And then you've been to Mavis Patilla's classes. Has that helped you at all in your work as a soul midwife? Absolutely. Absolutely. I started to see little things around in, the, in that living room with a dying person. And I thought, am I crazy or is there more to this than I know? And so I decided to find the good people, see, like you, and explore, explore that world. So you saw, you sensed things before you went to class. Like what? Can you give us an example? Um, I saw, um, I was in a hospital with somebody and I saw a definite light rise from their forehead and go up to the ceiling and dissipate. And I thought, okay, I saw that. Oh. I saw that. I saw sparkles around people's heads. And I thought, what is going on over there? <sighs> Just, you know, the energy. When I started to see the energy, I knew I needed to figure out about it. And I also believe I knew things when I was a child, and, I, and I, they just got stuffed down. Yeah, by focusing on the human side. We all come in knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Then the focus gets distracted to this life here. What, what what, What did you learn in class, and did you have any experiences pairing up with other students that showed you that we can all do this? That's what I liked. When I first read your book, 
I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't stop crying. This woman, i got to go find her. Wherever she is, i got to go find her. I need, it seems like we can all do this. Look at this process that she's explained to us in this book. And then, of course, you know, I started buying books and books and books and books because <laughs> I was giving them to everybody. I needed them to know that it's not this human being. It's the spiritual being. I just really felt like everybody should know. So we'll get back to that question, but I have to tell all of you who are listening, Fredericton is not a great big city. It's one of just a few cities in New Brunswick, but it's small enough that most people know people. And everywhere we went when I was there teaching my classes, everybody knew Wendy, even checking out at the airport. She knows, well, let's see, she knew the server in the cafeteria at at lunch on the break from the class. She knew the person behind the desk at the airport. Then she knew the person in line with me at security. And I think you'd given just about every one of them my book, which is just probably just yeah. cracks me up. But but I want to get back to you in, in the class. Did you experience the presence of uh, those in the spirit world when we did the yeah, exercises? I did. I did. First of all, I was scared, um, as we all are, when we step outside our box. Uh, the first class, I was really scared. I thought, okay, yeah, these people around me are all special, and they're here, and they're doing this class, but I don't think I'm special. I just kind of want to know what's going on. And then I saw the picture open up in front of my eyes when I was working with another mm-hmm. lady, and I thought, oh, I can do it too. <laughs> I can do it. Anybody can do it. Yes, yes, yes. It. Yeah. Cool. That's why I want you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She kept saying, everybody, she kept saying, you're changing Fredericton. You're changing Fredericton. <laughs> she just wants you're everybody to know. <laughs> you're raising the vibration. It's all about love. It's about, yeah. about love. And when we tap into that love that is our very essence, that's when the miracles happen. And miracle is just when the veil parts and we see who we really are. Or these lights, these beautiful lights, don't get me started. Well, why not? That's why we're here. (laughs) But were you able to take, uh, let me not ask a yes, no question. What did you take from the class that helped you when helping those who are transitioning? Well, I felt it brought me personally a sense of peace and knowing that we're going somewhere this isn't over. We're just spiritual beings on a human path. And I think mostly to get our work done right. But what yeah. I felt was it just, I find it gives people a sense of peace. There's that, they're not uh, guessing what might happen or wondering or whatever. They know. There's a, there's a sense of knowing after the class. And that's what I felt like. When I go into a room and I start to talk with people, I always ask them about their own beliefs. What do you think happens? <laughs> and then, you know, some people will say, well, I think I might be going to heaven. And some people said, well, I think I might be going to hell. But to have the knowing that really you're not going anywhere at all is wonderful. So expand on that for some people who say, wait, 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 what do you mean you're not going anywhere? Well, you're staying right here with us. I, I, I still feel my loved ones right here. They're still here. Still here. That's the name of your book, isn't it? 
still right here is, is one of the books. But what about yeah. the people that say, I don't want to stay here. This life is not so great. Well, then I think they're not ready. Well, to hear the message, I really, you know, but then I think when they get to that place and they go, then they know. And then and then I hope they're saying, you were right, you were right. So just for those of you who need some clarification on that, from my interaction with so many souls who have crossed, we create our reality on the other side. And it is, and the part we don't create is that it is incredibly loving. No matter if we were loving or not, we're surrounded by love. And then our, we, we just want to match that love that we feel. And we can drop in on and visit and be with our loved ones here as much as we desire. Yet we can also create our own experience on the other side. That's my understanding. I'm not sure if that jibes with yours, Wendy. Pretty much. I, I also know I feel happier knowing just so much more happier and peaceful knowing. And, I mean, I've had people say, oh, well, I'm going to hell. And I'll say, why? Well, because I never went to church. Huh. And I'll think, that, what's that got to do with anything? I mean, really, it's about, it's about how we are and the love that we have. And, and I just really believe that it's not all about church. Or the or I believe everybody's going to the same place. It doesn't matter what you are and and how. I think those were spiritual beings, not religious beings. I would agree with that. So if you've joined us late, we're talking with Wendy Carty coming to us from New Brunswick, Canada, the city of Fredericton. Wendy is a soul midwife, helping people through the transition that we call death. That is certainly not the end. Wendy, when we sat in, at your house and we discussed your work, you told the coolest story of what happened to you on the way home from a silent retreat. That just, this story, I just loved it. You remember that story? Yes, I do. In the airport? Yeah. Back yeah. it up and tell them why you were in a certain state of mind. I was, I'd done a long retreat, I think it was like 10 days. And I was coming back, I always feel so um, like I want to back up against a wall and crouch in a corner because you just feel so much energy. And I was in a busy airport in the States, and as you know, Fredericton has one gate, so <laughs> not used to it. Uh, so I was in a big airport. I, I think it might have even been Denver or something like that. That's and, a big one. Uh, I was walking through the airport trying to kind of find my gate and get to where I was going, and this woman ahead of me, I see her walking from way in the distance. And I'm so struck by her. I just keep looking at her and looking at her. and I'm smiling as I'm walking towards her. But she looks different from the other people. So I keep walking towards her. She keeps walking towards me. There's busy people all around. People are hustling and bustling everywhere. I'm walking towards her. She's walking towards me. And when she gets to me, she passes through me. And I remember turning around quickly to look and see what happened. And she was um, spirit. Was she there when you turned around? No, she was not. So cool. I got goosebumps. Anybody else have goosebumps? I have goosebumps. 
And it's probably why you were drawn to her, attracted to her from such a long distance. Some of those concourses are really long, way longer than the whole Fredericton Airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, but you had you said she was different, but you had no idea until that happened that she was in spirit in the spirit world. In the spirit world, for sure. Had you ever seen objectively someone in the spirit world like that before? No. What did that feel like when she passed through you? Uh, there was just an energy of her as if, you know, when you, well, you know, when you feel somebody enter the room, there might be a coldness or a, a heat. I felt her walk right through me. I, I, I guess I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a little shocked too, but I love that you didn't take it for granted. And what, um, do you have any idea why that happened? No, I don't. I think I believe when you're meditating for days at a time like that, that your vibration gets really high. Um, and she just came down to meet me. <laughs> or... Even more, I believe that this, those in the spirit world are around us all the time, in especially in public places or places that they used to like to hang out. And you could see her suddenly because you were in that altered state that lingered with you from this retreat you were in. You were at a vibratory state that you could actually see her. And I'm sure she could see your light very clearly because you were vibrating higher. Isn't that a cool story, everybody? Ah. <laughs> there was an issue where you helped a man who had dementia. Yeah, he was the guy who said he was going to hell. Um, it, it was interesting because I was visiting with him um, as a chaplain. Um, and it, it was interesting because even though he did have dementia, he when he heard my last name, he goes, I think I know your dad, which was which was cool, and I'm sure he did know my dad. But I had a bond with him instantly because he knew my dad. But then when I would come to him and and visit, he'd be confused, and then he would get it back together, and then he'd be confused again. But it seemed like when I was there, he really kind of got grounded, and we would talk very sweetly. Um, so he told me he was going to hell because he didn't go to church, and I said, well. You know, well, why? What things did you really like to do in your life? And he said, garden. I loved my garden. I love my garden. Hmm. I said, that's just like going to church. <laughs> and he went, well, then I am going to heaven. <laughs> that's lovely. Wow. So... I remember, and I know very clearly, I brought through your brother Brian in the class last summer. Your brother Brian passed very tragically for us, from our human point of view, in an, a car accident about a little over a year ago. And so there was no chance to go through this whole process where you have a soul midwife. Were you able to bring any of your training or what you know and have learned to the end of his life? Hmm, maybe just a little with my family. We all went to his bedside, and he was around for a couple of days but before he left. But 
It's been really interesting, just the interactions with my family. I believe my brother knew he was leaving. He he left little signs. Um, like what? I believe our, well, uh, <laughs> the picture that they put in the paper of him that was on the front page, written behind his head was, grief is love not wanting to let go. That was written behind his head on the board, on the whiteboard. Wow. Is that interesting? It yeah. is. And then the other thing that happened was uh, on his Facebook page uh, a few days before he died, he had um, um, a Grim Reaper. Wow. Uh, a, joke, a joke about a Grim Reaper. It was, uh, the Grim Reaper's ringing the doorbell, and, and he's looking up and saying, you know, it would be just easier if you just came out. I wouldn't have to ring the doorbell. And then on the day after that, there was an Anthony Hopkins quote about none of us gets out of here alive, so eat the cake, you know, have fun, do the fun things. I'm not exactly sure of the quote, but just really interesting. I'm glad you said that because I've had I've I've had a little extra cake the last couple of days. <laughs> we can joke about this because you're you're you've you've had evidence of your brother still being with us and yeah. uh and so please continue talking though he he had signs that he knew he was leaving and then what happened in those final days uh so you mean his death he yeah hit a moose. yeah he hit a moose also there was been a lot of signs afterwards that he's still around um we had um we did a scholarship for him and had a, um, a scholarship fund done for the university. Um, it was really interesting. My mom, my brother, and my son and I were all at the table um, collecting and counting the proceeds from the scholarship fund. And there were three Christmas trees behind us that were part of the, um, the gifts that people had given to the scholarship fund that were bid on. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. when we got to the total, <laughs> my mother's, you know, totaling and, and everybody's kind of giving their contribution to what they had in their hand. And when we came to the grand total, all three of the Christmas trees lit up. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. Good job, Brian. I know. I that know. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Those of you, you know, if there are any people new to this world of the spirit world and the interaction between their world and ours, and you might just say, yeah, well, that was a coincidence. But those of you who've been around a while, you know the timing of it. uh, That's always a key element. And playing with electricity is a wonderful thing that those in the spirit world like to do. So your brother's a powerful soul. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Nice. Here and there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Wendy, you you seem to know just the right thing to say when you're around people. Do you believe that you get downloads from the spirit world? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Any examples? We just have two minutes to go. So if you have a favorite example of when you just were like, Who's, why did I say that? Oh, let me think here. Sorry. Uh Keep talking, Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess sometimes you just, a lady asked me, I guess, um, 
she was told by her doctor that, of course, she's going to palliative care. She didn't know what that meant. And uh, I arrived on the scene shortly after that, and she, her family said they were having a real problem with her, basically. Like she was in sick, and then she was had to be rushed into the OR or all kinds of different things like that. And uh, so I just went in and sat down and talked with her. And I don't really know what I said that changed things. I asked her what she was worried about, if there's anything I could do for her. And what she wanted to know was, you know, about death and was it going to hurt or whatever. Anyway, we just had a conversation, just a really sweet conversation. And then afterwards, I got the sweetest letter from the family saying that, she had passed away, but whatever it was that I had said to her was the right thing, that none of them could have said whatever it was that I said to her. Very she rewarding. She died very peacefully. Beautiful. Well, guys, we've been talking with Wendy Carty, soul midwife, and Wendy has special training in this, but Wendy, what you shared with us today has shown a all of us some great ideas about how to handle death more beautifully, more openly, and I just thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Suzanne. It's an honor. I love you, Wendy. I love you, Suzanne. See you okay. back. All right. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on The Next Room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.